Hey there, folks. What do you know? I'm not feeling great. The cold has come after me, but I'm back once again. It's episode 137, folks, and we welcome back Jack Flans along with new guest Joanna Robertson as they are getting ready for their Reading for Hope event on February 10th. Uh, also this week, uh, I've given Heather the day off because of my sickness, so I'm joined by my emotional support animal, Justin Parkinson, and of course, Kevin Sullivan, as we fight through another week of this show, including the Super Bowl results, uh, UFC in Utica, the Winter Olympics 2018, History Lessons, Slender Man, uh, the end of HQ, and your chances of being an NBA star, all that and much more. Episode 137, folks, we are happy that you're here. Justin Parkinson instead. That's not a knock on you, Justin. That's just that we love Heather so much. That's true. Uh, on any other day, I'd be disappointed that you were here and not Heather. But on today, post-Super Bowl 52, I think it's appropriate that you stop by and give us your thoughts about the Super Bowl Justin Parkinson and made in Utica. It didn't take long at all, did it? No, it didn't. Losers love the fester in moments of winning. All right. Winners we'll, defeat. We'll get we'll get that. <laughs> so now that you're a loser, you're excited to fester. No. So let's get. So welcome back, folks. Episode one thirty-seven of the Uticast. Uh, Heather is not here because I told her not to come. I feel as though the glands in my throat have expanded. They are rebelling against my body. I think I'm getting sick. I'm not sure. I took a day off uh, and laid on the couch. I feel somewhat better. Um, but Heather has children and a husband who are just now getting over being sick, and I told her it's it's fine. Thank but you. But our safety and personal health doesn't matter. So, like I said, compared to Heather's, uh, you can go back upstairs to where <laughs> yes. you live if you feel <laughs> if you feel so put I upon. I thought it was going to be like bleached and sanitized down here on top of this. Well, <laughs> so uh, this actually happened earlier though, and this is because Heather's the best, and this is why I'm putting her over so hard. She actually delivered me. A, uh, a Sam's medical kit. medical kit that she dropped off in the doorway today. I love that it's like, like a, still the topping tree bag that she like. Yeah, <laughs> like a lurk though. She just walked up, didn't say anything, and dropped it. We're like, who was that? We thought it was a UPS or something. <coughs> she's Sam's me- bummed. She's gonna be bummed. She's gonna listen tomorrow and been like, I was, I would have toughed it out if you asked me to. I told no, I talked to her on the phone. I told her not to. She said she would have. She was gonna wear a mask. So right? what's in this medical kit that Heather put together for you? I have a Schweppes black cherry uh, seltzer. Which I'm very pleased about. Okay. Uh, What's that, the 20-ounce bottle? That's nice. The 20-ounce bottle. Does that have medical benefits? I have some uh, mixed berry with vitamin C Ricola. Those do through. have medical benefits, yes. I think. Uh, I have, what is this, a soup-on-the-go chicken and noodles Campbell soup that I can put in the microwave, right? Like one of these to-go chicken noodle soups. Uh, I have, uh, it looks to be <laughs> Kleenex with superheroes on them. This has Spider-Man, Rocket Raccoon, Captain America, and the Black Widow. This is good for your normal days of just regular crying. Just, just crying, yeah, tears. And then some emergency. <laughs> so oh. Heather... This kit is perfect, though, so when you have to go to work and you feel like no one believed that you were actually sick, you just carry this around and be like, yeah, see, I got these. 
cough drops well, and stuff because I'm sick. So. That wouldn't make any sense because I wouldn't have used any of the stuff. I'm just carrying around a bag of unused medical supplies. Being, Look, I'm sick. Yeah, see? I have to have this kit with me. <laughs> Guys, I'm sick. Um, it doesn't help that we are getting a winter storm warning or winter storm watch tonight and the snow came back over the weekend. I heard about that. Yeah, apparently the snow's it's coming for us on Wednesday. Uh, it's, I, thought it, I thought we were done. It's like Godfather no, 3. Who told you us that? Back in. Who told you we were done? They were lying to you. <laughs> that storm we got last year was in March. Was it? Yeah. God, that's horrifying. Yeah. Uh, well, guys, uh, again, a bit of an abridged show because I don't feel good, and uh, that's that's that. But I wanted to talk about the Super Bowl. You don't I have look some, very good either. I don't look very good, I know. Uh, Super Bowl winners and losers, I have a couple of them I have down here. But, Justin, I want to talk to you about this. Like, no, I'm not trolling you. I have to ask. Do you feel, did you expect that the Patriots were going to lose at any point in time? Um, I wasn't surprised. I will all think that they were going to win because I'm a fan, but sure. like, I'm not surprised at all that they lost. Like, I was talking to my one friend, Tracy, big Eagles fan, and when you look at the narrative of backup quarterback going against the league MVP, who's also the defending Super Bowl champions... That happened before once. That was Tom Brady against Kurt Warner. You know what I mean? Like, these things aren't impossible. They happen. It's a football game. You know what I mean? Like, the Patriots were very capable of losing. They didn't play Butler. Cook's got his head, like, knocked into, like, spaghetti. Mm. That's two main guys. Butler's a Super Bowl hero. Cook's is a guy that they gave a first-round pick for. Like, Edelman Mm. hasn't played all year. Like, there's a lot of shit happens, I guess, right? Like, they're not the same team as last year. Uh, it is what it is. If they played again, would the Patriots beat them? Probably, maybe. Are they 50-50? I don't know. They're eight-point difference yesterday, that's all. Was that magnanimous? That was pretty magnanimous. Yeah, it was not bad. It yeah. wasn't bad. Uh, that was good. Uh, I'll say this. I It's the I, same with the Giants. I don't think the Giants were better than the Patriots when they beat them. They just beat them. They weren't a better team by any means. They just won that game. So you're talking about the theory, like, if you play any game, like, ten times, like, you don't think, you think Philly loses... Five out of five of the they're, five out of ten times in this game, they're closer to New England than the Giants would have been. I think it would be okay. six, you know, five and five, six and four. Uh, for those of you folks who didn't watch Super Bowl, and we'll get to the number <laughs> of people who didn't watch it because it watch actually Cloverfield was... on Netflix instead. <laughs> we'll get to that too. <laughs> uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, congratulations! They beat the New England Patriots forty-one to thirty-three. And what I have to admit was actually a very entertaining game of football. I usually feel like the Super Bowl games are kind of a letdown, but this was actually quite a good game. And Kevin, you had a great point last night that I want to jump on. Did I? What was it? <laughs> well, we were watching the end of the game, and there's, you said it. You're like, man, not even until like the last second, like until the clock is at zeros, does it ever seem like the Patriots are going to lose? It's true. Like at, at no point in time. Uh, did I feel like the Patriots were actually going to lose until it actually happened? Mm-hmm. What did you think about during that game? Um, I, it's With a team like that, you always expect them to come back and win. I didn't realize they said the stat towards the end of the game, every Super Bowl that Tom Brady's ever won, he's come from behind in the fourth quarter. But like that's five what, of them. <laughs> that's why. I saw that stat, and I was like, oh, God damn it. Like, and he did for You know they're they going to do the it lead. again. They took the lead briefly there with, like, what, five minutes left or something. Yeah. Um, And then he had the chance when he fumbled. But, like, they did take the lead in the fourth. It almost looked like they were going to eke it out. They got to one point ahead after mm. being down all game. You're like, oh, here it comes again. And turnovers. Yeah, it was a great game. I, I enjoyed it, uh, not simply because I'm a Patriots hater, because I'm not an Eagles lover. So <laughs> that's a big part of it. It makes you wonder how exciting football be, would be on a regular basis if the catches are catches and the pace of play yeah. is the pace of play. Can like, we talk everything about... was fast, and 
even though they reviewed it, like if you took out a lot of penalties weren't like not 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 called, but it was a very faster game. Like there wasn't a ton of stoppage for penalties in that game. The reviews on the catches, if you don't take that time, if you know what a catch is and you let the guys play, football yeah. is actually really fun. They score 40 and 30 I points think, a piece. You know what I mean? Like I think that's something that if I was an outside person watching football like the layman, I think the weird instant replay thing about what's a catch and what's not a catch has gotten a little weird to like the it, it's, it's it's a little a lot. it's too much it slows down the game it did slow down the game a lot last night I felt when we watched it like I, I don't know I'm sure there's the right answer somewhere but they certainly haven't found it um, guys I have some winners and losers I came up with are you ready for some winners and losers mm-hmm. first off shout out to uh, Mark Simon and Jilly Dukes for putting us up for Super Bowl party last night and his birthday yeah. yeah it was his birthday happy yeah. birthday to Marky Simone GFOP my number one winner at the Super Bowl party last night, Totino's Pizza Rolls. There was <laughs> there was a lot of food at this party last night, bordering on too much delicious food. Yeah. Um, and somehow the thing that got the most play was those damn Totino's Pizza Rolls, even to the point that Jilly Dukes, our, our GFOE from Maiden, Utica, from Maiden Utica, did a thing that reminded me of a 90s commercial where she walked into the room and goes, do you guys want me to make some more Totinos? <laughs> and I said, wow, this was amazing. Thank you so much, Pizza Rolls and Julie Dukes, for the Pizza Rolls. That was my big winner. My personal winner off the food spread um, <laughs> would have to be those smoked chicken wings. Yeah. Smoked meat was like on the, my list. With like the honey garlic, the whatever that <laughs> sauce uh, was. Those are all It was amazing. like a soy wasabi or some weird yeah. Ferris concoction. But yeah. <laughs> smoker goes a long way though. It does. You know, everyone I know who has a smoker swears by it. I feel like mm-hmm. I'm in I'm in the, the outs by not I having I asked Mark, I was like, how much does this thing cost? Guess. I don't know. Fifty dollars. Like yeah. everybody should have one. Smokers aren't know? expensive. <laughs> like for fifty dollars they should just be mandated in every porch in Utica. I don't think you're supposed to put them on the porch. Whatever. I'm pretty sure. Fine. The driveway. Who not as long as our houses are attached. It's not whatever. <laughs> There's no fun. It's smoking. Um, so, delicious. Uh, my other winner is Nick Foles for the Philadelphia Eagles, who his story is really excellent, like an amazing story, and considering he had lost that job to Carson Wentz and uh, had thought about quitting football and his him and his brother all think about quitting when no but there, that was the, didn't you hear the story they said last he, they said a couple years ago before he came back to the eagles he was on like a hike with his brother-in-law and he was basically telling him like i i think i'm done i don't, don't want to yeah. do this anymore i want to retire and his brother-in-law was like just give it another go get one more go and he sort of talked him into it and lo and behold he's probably about to get it makes paid you, right i think he's still it makes you forget though that he once led the Eagles already to the playoffs and threw 27 touchdowns and two interceptions and made a Pro Bowl. Doesn't seem so far ago because it wasn't. Well, it does because his like, career fell off after he left like, Philadelphia all for a year while. or two because he went to like a different mm-hmm. team and different coordinator. But he's had success. He's not a journeyman by any means. He's a Pro Bowl quarterback with really good stats prior to this. Not uh, great by any means, well, but he's not a drifter. Well, I thought it was a good story, regardless. And I thought he was pretty humble. I thought he, like, handled everything really well. Uh, he seemed like a likable guy. I didn't know super much about Foles before this, so I dug it. Uh, and my last winner, Philadelphia Eagles fans. Hey, first Super Bowl of the actual Super Bowl era. Like, congratulations. I saw a lot of good footage of the guys from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia really enjoying themselves in the crowd. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys ready for my losers? Of course. Yeah. You guys have any losers before I dig any big losers? The- Patriots. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was going to say, my take on this, and Parkinson, you'll like this, big loser is Patriots haters. Because even in the game last night, I feel like the Patriots still seem like 
they are the favorite to win the Super Bowl again next year and the year afterwards. Yeah. When well, we and Kevin were talking about it outside, Brady threw for 500 and some odd yards, like which yeah. broke his own record that he set last year, and both were done as like a 40 and 41, 39 to 40. Like that's ridiculous that he's this old and then now breaking his own pre-existing records. Like he threw 500 yards yesterday. That's insane. Uh, and that's the thing. Like it took everything to go correct for the Philadelphia Eagles, plus an amazing performance for them to win. So that's sort of where I'm going on here. Like, the Patriots What are... I tell you, well, yeah, we talked about it, is breaks and mistakes, right? That's how the Patriots are going to lose, and that's what happened. Uh, my loser, uh, outside of that one commercial where uh, Odell Beckham and Eli Manning did the dirty dancing thing, uh, I thought the commercials were all a downer. Unless you... I feel like I didn't watch a lot of them. I saw some, like, good ones that were really funny, but yeah. I feel like I wasn't... The thing with, like, Super Bowl, especially when you're at a Super Bowl party with, like, a lot of people, and we were upstairs, downstairs at their yeah, house, split. they had the TV yeah. on in different spots, people were, like, you know, out in the garage, and like there was, the, you know, all that stuff going on out there, is it's tough that you don't really sit in and lock in on the game, you know what I mean? It wasn't like, oh, be quiet, the commercial's here, so I feel like I didn't actually see most of them. I like that Danny DeVito is an Eminem commercial. Yeah, that, was, that was pretty good. That was yeah, pretty I was good. saying even during that, because I was explaining to you guys the commercial before air, they were like releasing some of these even prior to the Super Bowl yeah. now, so it loses this. I saw the Eminem commercial on the internet like four days before they aired it, so it's I don't true. really yeah. think about it as much anymore. It was like, I have to see this, is you probably already have, and now it's going to play on loop for like a month anyways, so I'll catch it if it was good. I'll give you a controversial loser. Uh, I thought Timberlake was only so-so. Like outside Half of the time per- shows are tough, man. I don't know why anyone takes that gig. Obviously for the exposure, but the sound and the timing, like all that's got to be so difficult to get right with the just the limited amount of time they have. It's a giant stadium, and you're like flopping a whole performance around in like thirty minutes. It can't be easy. I think that took a hit again from being in a group of people as well, like being surrounded by people, having conversations, eating sort of distracted. They did. But... Someone did say his mic was like up and down. Like there was yeah. some weird audio level discrepancies. But like again, you're on a a football field that just played football. I think and the you have problem to go... was it started uh, pretty strong, and a lot of it was really good. But towards the end, he leaned on like new songs. Yeah. That nobody knows. Yeah, it's true. That's a good like, point. Got, he's got plenty of hits out there that he can do, so save those for the end. We get it. You want people to buy the new album, but like, settle down. It's the Super Bowl. Play the hits. Uh, and I have one more loser. Uh, they were a winner as well, but Philly fans continue to be losers as they set fires and cause property damage yes. following a Super Bowl. Super will Bowl never win. change the fact that they're still a bunch of losers. <laughs> the rowdy celebrations, at least one fire uh, and damaged property on Monday morning. Uh, I guess, and they keep singing that Fly Eagles Fly song, which is sort of ubiquitous now, and I hate it. Uh, so Philly fans, winners and losers. Who's going to be in the Super Bowl next year, guys? I hope that they cancel it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They put on like an NBA doubleheader that night. I don't know. <laughs> We're uh, all just waiting for the XFL. Let's be realistic. <laughs> uh, well, you guys might not be the only people that feel that way because, uh, according to the numbers, uh, this was one of the least watched Super Bowls in the last eight years. Uh, it still pulled in more than 100 million viewers, but um, it does seem like the ratings are down. Uh, I'm not going to well, venture why, but... I said it yesterday with the the Cooks hit, like, legal or not, you know, like, catch or not, whatever these rules are. Like, when you see a guy with 100 million people watching just get literally rocked like that until he goes out cold on the field and then can't come back, if you're a casual person, why would you want your child to go play in that big-time Super Bowl game if, like, even for a fraction of a second, that's what could possibly happen to your brain? Mm-hmm. 99 of 100, it couldn't, but that one time is not worth it. That dude did not know where he was. Oblivious. It was tough to watch, actually. It was a gross hit. Um... 
Kev, what do you think? Do you think there's an actual something to less people watching it? Do you think it was just the, the matchup of the teams, maybe? I think that might be something to do, what do with you mean? It. What do you mean something Patriots to less people job. watch? Like, there's a lot less people watching on TV. Do you think it has to do with the fact that the Patriots and Eagles, in my opinion, are not super enjoyable teams to watch for people? No, because I, who's more enjoyable to watch? Nobody. The yeah. people, Jacksonville Jaguars. The, that, exactly. The Patriots, the Patriots draw in casuals. There's nobody else, really. Uh, Philly's a good story. You couldn't ask for a much mm. better matchup. Okay. The game uh, people, was good. People watch... It was, sorry. It's, uh, yeah. Uh, people watch less of it because... I, nobody really watched the season. The season was really bad. Everybody was hurt. There point. were no good games. All the teams were like had 50-50 records. And I think we're just seeing it continue to go. Less people are watching TV. More people are watching. You know, there's there's different places people get their entertainment. And I think you're starting to see that go on more and more as people cut more cords and cut more cords. I'd be interested to see the numbers if they've got, you know, these. this is the viewership for the Super Bowl or whatever it might be. If those numbers were to include people who streamed it and everything uh, yeah, like that, I don't know if that's counted because like, we watched it last night and it was streamed on the big TV downstairs from the NBC Sports app. Yeah, that's right. I don't know if that's counted the same way that cable viewers are counted. Well, you know what I mean, though? Yeah. So technically that would count as two streams. Two streams, sources, you would think, yeah. You, two watches if it was back in the mm. old days. But yeah. now that it's streamed, I think a lot of people are getting it from streams and point. stuff like that. And so I think that... Those numbers may be higher, but I think we're just not yet able to count all the avenues with which people might watch yeah. something. Well, and even when you think about it, too, like like all number to director, even in advertising, like 100 million people just means we're being served the NFL. You know what I mean? Like, that's still really effective for them, just being 100 million people were even just looking at football in general. Like, everybody's talking about it, so who physically watches still can't take away. You can't avoid it. You know what I mean? Like... Even if you're not into football, you know who won, you know how they won. Someone at work was talking about it. Like, it's still mega. It's still a, a big fabric. Um, and I just don't think the numbers are that important in terms of who is watching because it's, like, still one of the most talked about things every freaking Sunday, even, even leading up to the week during the season. Everybody talks about it. It helps to have a monopoly on the day of the week. We've stated it all the time. Yeah. And, again, even though it was down from eight years, it'll probably still go down to be, like, the highest-watched, like, television event of the year regardless, <coughs> even though it's Easily. missing. Yeah. Yeah, it's good to be number one, <laughs> even if you're just, you know, 100 million people, G-Shocks, yeah. you know? So I got two more sports stories before we close out this first section. Um this one's about Utica. This came out on Saturday. Uh, the UFC has announced that it will have an event set for Utica on June 1st. It's going to be a UFC fight night, which is basically mm-hmm. their uh, like their TV show, right? Their basic cable TV show, I want to say. Um, I know we have a lot of friends who are into the UFC. Uh, so with that in mind, Justin, we're going to play a game. Kev, I think you'll like this game. It's called How Much Will It Cost? How much? Wow. How much money would it cost you, Justin, to enter into a three-round UFC competition of someone in your weight class, if we put up the money, two thousand bucks. How many? How many rounds is it? Three rounds. Three rounds. Two thousand. Would you do it for two thousand? Do I get the train? Oh yeah, yeah. Who so trained? are you funding my training? Like all. I'm supplying your training. <laughs> Kevin and I will be training you. You will be doing the training. You're doing the training. In that case. We're gonna have to double it because I'm gonna have to seek help and get. <laughs> I don't know, like three to five grand for a nice worth of work, even if you get your ass kicked, is a pretty good take. Five know? grand, five grand. I, I don't know, three to five. Yeah, it depends. Okay, what about you? What would it take? Would you uh, for five grand? Three round, one three no, round. No, not, not enough five, money. No, probably you'd have to. We'd have to be at ten to start the conversation. I would say, and even still, 
Um, also, you're talking about people in weight class. Weight class. So, like, for you, little guys, <laughs> you get to fight, you Scrap know, like, little, little squirrely yeah. scrappy guys. I've got to fight, like, Brock Lesnar. And, like, a bunch of, like, six foot seven, like, monster dudes. <laughs> yeah. So that's a, that's a horse with an entirely different color. Bro. Like, that's a good point. Probably, yeah, at least 10,000, I would have to say. It would have to be, like... Because, you know, a couple thousand, five grand would be nice, certainly. I mean, it would yeah. be five grand more than you have. But, like, also, it, it would have, we'd have to start at 10. Am I fighting, yeah. a, like, a scrub or am I fighting, like, George St. Pierre? That's a whole different... Am I, I fighting get, publicly? Like, like, yeah, I assume so. Yeah, at the fight night, right? <laughs> it's more it's it's more expensive to, to get me to fight publicly as well than to go true. three rounds, like, sparring. Are you guaranteed the money no matter the outcome? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I... I do a lot of things for that. <laughs> so 5,000, you're saying? Yeah. You're, it would be a bunch of shenanigans. People wouldn't be happy they had to pay it to me. But you want to start, we should start a GoFundMe. You find details. To what start the, a GoFundMe to get Matt Hamill to come down and just whoop Parkinson's ass. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. $5,000, Matt Hamill versus Justin Parkinson, June 1st at Utica Fight Night for the UFC. Uh, my money's Hamill's on Parkinson's. Hamill's washed up, I heard, anyways. I could take them. We will accept <laughs> fight coin for those. Fight yeah, coins. Yes. <laughs> Uh, and one last sports-related piece of news, since we probably well, I think won't... I think it's exciting. We we glossed it real quick, but this is an exciting thing for Utica, and I think that they've been trying to get UFC to come here for a while, and it's really nice to see them diversifying the level oh, yeah. of events that they have at the odd, and I think it opens up a nice uh, extra thread for entertainment that may go yeah. on, so I hope people turn Can out I for say? it, and I hope they sell a lot of tickets. I think it's a low-key excellent venue for UFC. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it seems like they're right. Oh, yeah. If you ever watch wrestling in there, it's a good venue for wrestling, too. Like something yeah. about that, like well, setup. You also, the octagon's not that big, so you get all yeah. that extra floor space. You probably got five thousand seats. Yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It'll be so it'll one dollar from every person. <laughs> one dollar. And Justin get beat up. Yep. Bring on Hamill. Uh, yeah, it, it 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 should be exciting. I'm not a huge UFC fan in general. I might want to go just for the experience, yeah. though. Right? Like, I, I wouldn't pay I'm in for the it. I would go if someone gave me a ticket. Well, that's with everything. That's that you with everything. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, we, I think how, I thought that's where you're gonna say well, you know how what? much actually would it what's, take. What's like, the most you would pay to go? That's what I thought you were gonna mm, ask me. That's an interesting question. Is if it's gonna be a televised show? Not that that makes that much of a difference. So they'll probably charge more if it's gonna be on television, right? The same way that like yeah. Um, yeah. There's got to be natural pay, inflation for the new I'm cheap, lights. so let me say, I would pay 80 bucks for a good seat and feel like I got something for it. Like a good, like, front-ish row, right? Tired, I think I'm out at 50. Out at 50? Yeah. 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 Huh. yeah. yeah. That would even I, be tough, too. Like, because you're buying beer and doing all that type of stuff in there, too. I feel like with UFC, it's, I feel like it might be hard to get good seats. Because mm. I feel like if you're on the floor and that yeah. cage is raised on a platform and, you know, you've got the, the cage that goes all around it, I feel like it would be really easy for the view to be obscured. Like, if the guys are fighting on the other side of the octagon, you're yeah. not going to be able to see them if what you're on the floor. What was it when we were at wrestling? Did they have a screen? I don't even remember. I know there wasn't a bad seat for it, but did they put something up on, like, that corner screen or something? I don't mm. think so. Nah. All right, um, so one last sports thing. Uh, it's going to start this week, and it's probably the last time we'll talk about it. Do you guys know the Winter Olympics are starting this week? I had heard. Well, it is. <laughs> That's what's going on this week. I I was into the Summer Olympics pretty hard last time we talked about it. Like last time it was on the show, was it two years ago, when we were talking about the Summer Olympics? Yeah. I was into it. I, I guess I don't care about this no. Olympics at all. I don't know. Here's the thing, and you can take this to the bank. <laughs> oh, if no. you're good at something, don't do it for free. And the Olympics 
literally make no sense to me because you're a world-class athlete who's better at something than the majority of people in the world, and you're just voluntarily going over there to do it for nothing. Well, yeah, because if nobody's going to pay you, what are you going to do? You can be as good as you want at the, the lose or whatever, but nobody's paying you for it. I will go start my own league. No, because you, you would be I dumb, you'd be, you'd be dumb and lose all your money. What you got to do is go over there, get your profile up so you can get sponsorship money. I think what's interesting to me about the Olympics is the type of person who devotes their life to a singular skill in a way where it's... Ta- like, I always think about this with, like, the shot put, right, in the Summer Olympics. Like, if you're the world champion shot putter, you've committed, like, a good portion of your life to this very particular skill, and you really only have, like, one major chance to do it. Like, that's the fascinating yeah. part about Olympic sports. But then, like, sometimes I look at a sport... Like, the hammer throw, I'm like, yeah, but at what cost? Yeah. Like, hey, at what cost am I giving my life to spinning around in a circle and throwing a big stone? Uh, all right. The games that are good, too, are the ones that are, like, complementary to other... Like, you think, like, competing. Being a boxing champion in the Olympics can get you into some more outlets, say, mixed martial arts or wrestling or some... You can you can stretch those at weightlifting, stuff like that, strongman competitions. Like, I guess those are the... Uh, those would be the sports I would be in because I need that cash. What strongman and weightlifting? Well, if I'm going, in, <laughs> if I'm going into the Olympics for free, I'm looking for that cash avenue where I can continue on. I'm looking with, for, for dream money. Team I don't money. care about the pride. I want to be able to take that skill and get paid for it later. I'm looking for dream team money, and I want to ride the bench for like the Memphis Grizzlies or something. I would like to be really good dream at Dream Team Seven. Yeah. <laughs> you know who I'd like to be in the Olympics? I'd like to be the guy who like won an Olympic medal in some fringe sport, like uh, sorry, Mark, something like fencing, yeah, right? Target shooting, right? Or something, or something yeah. whatever. So that every time they have that event, I'm the go-to announcer guy. They're like, and coming back for his fifth straight Olympics, yeah. the gold medalist Did in the we, 1988. Two paychecks every four years. Yeah. <laughs> Did we not? But like, I'm like I'm the king of the airsoft rifle. Like, That's oh, he's like Did the. Did we not discuss that? Like, if we started today, how? How long would it take to get you in the Olympics in, oh, for like, in a re- air rifle like competition? Oh, for like a first for, forever. He can't forever. see. Yeah, I can't see. Well, I guess you're a no vision. Example. Any Wait. person. Though. My vision is trash. All Within right. four years, could you get? Could you make a world Olympian and just shooting an air rifle? You have to. Sweet. If you had to be a master Olympian at anything at the Winter Olympics, would you pick? Um, what's the one? Something you go that I'd want. And you flip on the skis. Oh, the big air competition. That'd be me. Big air skier. Vert. Is that Slalom is pretty. Vert. 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 It's, it it's something is, different. Whatever. Not vert. It's not something the X Games. Uh, I would like. What's the one where you take off all your clothes and you jump in the cold water? <laughs> I don't. Is that? Think that's anything. That's perfect. Isn't that? What is the that like, hell are you talking about? Isn't that the thing that people do? They jump in the cold water and they that's, stay in there? Yeah, that's... No, not in, in like an Olympic sport. What's the one where you ski... That's like a polar plunge or something. They do that what's, for like cancer What's the one where you pour the the water over your head? The cold oh, water. Oh, the ice bucket challenge. That one. I would do that one. That's the one I would do in the Olympics. I feel like I'd be good at that. That would be cool. Just a 32-country ice bucket challenge. <laughs> yeah, I think that's... that's I, would, <laughs> I feel like your move is to be a hockey guy. Uh, I can't ice skate. Yeah, but if you, you're not an Olympic champion in anything, yeah. so I'm like, oh, oh right, oh okay. If you could be an Olympic champion trainer, in any yeah. sport, in any winter sport, and it's whatever. Winter I want to be the uh, blood was, doper for the Russian Confederation. Okay. I would say whatever the one is where you ski and shoot a rifle because it seems like <laughs> it seems like spy training. Is that right? a sport? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's you ski it's like for a while. Yeah, with target practice. You ski for a while and then you stop and you shoot it's a true, rifle yeah. and then you ski some more. Yeah, it's basically spy training, right? Like this is what I assume. Yeah, it's like winter. Spy training. Interesting. Um, all right. So, thank, 
Great. Let's get to this week's interview, which has nothing to do with the Olympics or uh, sports at all. Matter of fact, February uh, February 10th from 1 to 3.30 uh, at 587 Main Street at the Fitness Mill. Uh, we suggest you guys go to the Treehouse Reading and Art Center for Reading for Hope, featuring uh, our two interviewees this week, uh, longtime friend of the show, Jack Flans and Joanna Robertson, who are here to talk about uh, what they're doing. They'll be donating uh, books for children. be a live cooking demonstration there for their Reading for Hope event. Uh, so let's go to our interview with Jack Flans and Joanna Robertson. We will be back in just a moment. You growing your goatee out? Yeah. It looks good on you. Yeah. I like it. I had it for a long time. I shaved it off for like two, three years. And since I'm looking for work, I figured why not? So my uh, I've got, my niece asked me a couple weeks ago. She was like, when's the last? She's like, have you always had a beard? And I was like, it's been about three years since I've shaved Yeah, I was it born with now. a beard. Yeah. yeah. I, was, I, was, I, was, uh, I was very Middle Eastern. I got a I'm lot of facial hair. toddler with a beard. <laughs> it's funny, too, because like, as a little kid, I had like lots of hair. Uh, right off the bat, like uh, so, I was like, "Yeah, this is probably just hangover from that." <laughs> uh, but it's been—it took me a while. I was like, "Wow, it's been three years since I've shaved it. I don't even know what I look like underneath it anymore. I'd be afraid <laughs> to see my face." Uh, Jack, a couple things. You were on here about five months ago, yep. and Jack, thank you for coming back. And uh, Joanna, it's a pleasure to meet you, Joanna Robertson. Did I say that right? Yes. Very good. Uh, thank you for joining us here today. It's a pleasure. Uh, Jack, I want to start with you really quickly, though. Sure. You were here on episode one sixteen, which is about five months ago uh, that was our downtown get down special yep. so thanks for coming back and episode 91 yes and episode 91 you're all over the place right <laughs> how things been in the last good. five months real good we're business good lot. yeah we're doing great how's Mo she's good she's good yeah she's a sophomore in high school doing Ooh. all the typical high school stuff driving me crazy that's turning right. my goatee gray <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, and a couple things I wanted to just bring up very quickly with you um you, you, uh, it was about five months ago since you've been on. I know you're a Yankees fan. I know you're a big-time Yankees <laughs> fan. We haven't talked since the Giancarlo Stanton trade. Are you very excited for Giancarlo Stanton to be a member of the Yankees? You know, my, I, I've been a Yankee fan for a long time, and I've seen him come and I've seen him mm. go. And he's a hot prospect, but get ten wins under your belt, and then I'll be excited. Okay. All right. Very good. Very good. And uh, one last thing, you're a, you're a very active Facebook guy. Yeah. You, you posted something on Facebook, I think it was earlier today, Uh-oh. about... No, no, it was not, not a politics <laughs> thing. We, no, no. It was about McDonald's, actually. It was talking about McDonald's is opening up a thousand new locations or something. You seemed pretty angry about yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, you know, I saw that. I said McDonald's is opening up a thousand new locations because of the new tax plan. Oh, yeah. And I thought to myself, well, that's what we need. We need a thousand more restaurants <laughs> to feed bad food to people that <laughs> cause high blood pressure and high cholesterol and cause heart attacks. You know, I was thinking about this a couple days ago, actually, because it it's so ubiquitous now. And like every bus station, every bus stop in Utica has this like dollar menu McDonald's logo on it now and everything. It's, I, I kind of... It's, I understand why they're marketing to like $1, $2 meals because people are like poor and broke now. But it can't be 
it's just not a good sign, yeah. I feel like, for where we're going in terms of, like, how we feel like we can afford to feed our families and things like yeah. that. Yeah, and, and then, you know, people talk about, well, how about all the jobs? Well, how many automated kiosks are they going to have yeah. instead of actual people earning $15 an hour? <laughs> you know. And that's a whole other conversation that we're not going to get into. It's so funny, working into the education uh, sphere, I always think, like, there are certain jobs that are never going to get automated. Like, how do you automate a teacher? And I got a lot of my kids at school now who do, like, Mandarin Chinese. It's called so, Skype. And it's on, like, yeah. Yeah. like, oh, so this is how they're going to do it, yeah. right? They're just going to limit the amount of Well, Morgan <laughs> took a Mandarin yeah. at Clinton. Yeah. And she had a teacher who was in Sequoia yeah. and taught it through Skype. Yeah, uh, Proctor was doing the same yeah. thing when I was there. It's just wild. And, yeah. And, I'm sort of in the middle of it. I'm young enough where I'm like, oh, well, look at this, using technology to our, like, best examples. Great. But I'm like, man, that's probably three jobs they didn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, you brought up the McDonald's thing. And from the point of view, the economic point of view of, great, you know, all these people are, are, are probably not going to get hired. And it's bad food. I'm a food guy. I'm a cooking guy, you yeah. know? What would it take for you to have to go get fast food? you just be in the middle of nowhere? Or like... You know, the, the only thing I really ever do is a salad. So if I am yeah. running around town like a madman yeah. and just don't even have five seconds to spare, I might pop into Wendy's and get a salad. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. And use half of the dressing or no dressing at all. <laughs> yeah. Or stop at a convenience store and buy some dressing. <laughs> you know, that's about it. Uh, Jack, I'm going to put you on hold for just one second yep. so I can introduce Joanna here. Uh, Joanna, Hi. welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Have you ever been on a podcast before? I have not. Do you know what a podcast I is? I do. Good. All right. It's better than most people. It's, most people it's better fail, than me. Most people fail both those questions. All right. So I only failed half the test. Uh, so, Joanna, welcome. Uh, that's and It's a pleasure to have you here. Uh, so, I'm going to start you off the same way I start everybody off since All you've right. never been on the show before. Okay. Joanna, where are you from? Where were you born? Um, I was born in Syracuse. Syracuse. Very nice. So, I lived there most of my life. Hmm. Uh, my husband was in the Navy, oh, so nice. I also lived in Washington State and Virginia and a few different places in Virginia. All over the place. Yeah, so Hello. now we're mostly back home, mm. I mean, close to home. Mm. Very so. nice. Uh, so you grew up uh, Syracuse, that means you probably went to Syracuse, West Genesee? I, guess. Um, I actually went to Fayetteville Manlius. Okay, Fayetteville Manlius, very nice. So. Uh, what did you like growing What was it like growing up in Syracuse? Uh, we always ask people, because I'm a Proctor guy growing up, yeah. so I always force people to talk about the, <laughs> the, the, the process of growing up for you guys. What was that sort of high school experience like? Well, I was a music dork. Very nice. So a Musical theater or musical instruments? Uh, musical instruments. I play the cello. Wonderful. So, I mean, not even a band geek. It's even worse than that. I play <laughs> string orchestra instruments. Geek, yeah. Um, so that was, you know, that was what I did mm -hmm. when I was growing up. I played instruments and I hung out with the other people who played instruments and, you know, very nice. I don't know. I don't. That kind of makes your childhood probably <laughs> different than, no, I was a saxophone, than most people. I was a saxophone player growing up, so I always liked... Yeah. Uh, I love music. I grew up playing in bands and playing as a musician. I do notice, being in schools now, and I don't know if it's just a sign of the times because most of the music they listen to is produced in a different way. Now, I don't even see kids playing music casually anymore. I see less kids who play guitar in yeah. their free time, less kids sort of doing the band stuff. Again, I, I wonder if yeah. it's just a sign of the times. I still see people playing viola and violin, it seems like. So there's still a market yeah. for that. But uh, it seems like kids are less connected to music now than we were growing up. And and that's sad to me because whenever, you know, the kids that I do know who are in music, I will tell them, if you know, whenever they need to know where to be, I'm like, go, your people are your music people. Like, that's how I always mm. found my people. When I got to college, I would be or in orchestra. And that's, 
you know, where I made connections. So it's one of the things I give to my kids. I tell them all the time. I said, you know, if you're concerned about like high school and you get up from, you know, the middle school to the high school, one of the nice things about high school is there are people who like the things you like. And if you just are open about what you like and what you like to do, and you're not too concerned about, you know, the appearances of whatever, the optics, just go do what you like to do and you'll find people who are like you and agree with you and have the same beliefs and the same values. And that's... Go do your thing and let other people doing that thing It's so big. There's so many people there. There's obviously going to be somebody who buys into the same things that you do. And and that sort of helps them make feel a little bit better. Proctor can be daunting in big high schools, especially Syracuse probably, again, probably a big jump to Fayetteville and Manlius. Well, we we weren't too big, but Hmm. yeah, when I see the size of Proctor, that's... I mean, that's a lot of kids (laughs) all in one place. And I was... I was a short one. Well, I say that like I'm not short anymore. But, um, I mean, when I was a freshman in high school, there were people who were, like, almost twice as tall as me walking around the halls. And now I can't imagine if there's that many people, like... I'm almost 5'10", and there's a lot of middle school, high school kids who are taller than me still. I am mean, you know, I think that's just... Yeah. <laughs> again, I don't even... That's why I work with little kids, because I'm still taller than most of them. My mo- See, my mom growing up, my mom was a first grade teacher, and that's what she did yeah. like for 45 years in the Utica school system. That's all she did. And uh, I remember one time going into her classroom where she's like, listen, i got to go make some copies. Can you just watch the kids for me? I said, yeah, no problem. And I turn around, and every first grade kid has their hand up, every single one of them. And I go, oh, hey, all right. Okay, what, what, what do you need, pal? He's like, can you rip this paper, this paper out of this book for me? I'm like, sure, no problem. Like, it's one of those tearaway. And I immediately ripped right through the page and a half, and I was like, oh, God, uh, all right. Uh, you know what? Just hold on to that thought. Uh, every, matter of fact, everyone put your hands down. <laughs> Wait till my mom. Little kids were... I, I did better with high school and middle school because the little kids, I feel like I... My sarcasm and my sense of humor does not... It just goes right over their head. They got nothing. They, they need someone more earnest. <laughs> and see, I couldn't work with little kids because they'd be smarter than I am. That's a problem for me, too. Like, the, that's a problem when it gets to high school. They're like, you help me with this math? I'm like, no. Yeah. No, I cannot. We can, I can talk about history with you. Let's yeah. talk about the wars. Come on. Yeah. Morgan's doing geometry. And I, I, geometry is the only one of the... Because I gave up after... Not gave up. I, I was politely asked to stop coming back. <laughs> like, you've done enough. You can stop now. Thank you. Please uh, stop helping. Geometry is the only one that I can still help with, but most of the kids seem to know it, so I'm never like, anyone need, need geometry help? They're like, no. <laughs> I'm like, all right, fine. I'm, I'm useless in here. Damn. Uh, so you have two different degrees. I didn't figure out which degree came in order, Joanna. Um, uh, so you went to Syracuse for education and Maine for music. Did I get that wrong? Well, I, sort of. I mean, yes, I did those things. Okay. <laughs> First I went to Potsdam. Potsdam. Oh, very nice. Um, it's for English and mm. music. English and music. Um, and then I went to the University of Maine for music education. Very nice. And then I substitute taught for a few years. Oh, yeah, that's the path. So that was fun. <laughs> and I realized maybe I'm not going to be a substitute teacher forever. Right, right, right. Um, and that's when I went back to Syracuse University. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had done all this stuff with music, um, but I was always interested in children's literature. So I went back to Syracuse University. I got my Ph.D. in literacy education. Now, at this time, what uh, was the plan to teach initially when you went to school? Was that, like, your first thought, like, I want to teach something? Or... No. no. Okay. When I first... <laughs> When I graduated high school, went to, went to, you know, undergrad, I said, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm not going to be a teacher. I was sure that's not sure. what I was destined to do. Um, 
So, yeah, that's what I do now. <laughs> but I think I really was always, I'm doing what I was supposed to be doing. I just didn't know it at the time. I think there was a point in time for me when I definitely wanted to be a teacher. Because my parents, you know, grew up. Yeah. My parents were teachers. My mom, like, I, I liked that my mom was a teacher. She would walk around, like, the grocery stores as a kid, and people would stop her and yeah. say, like, oh, my God, you're yeah. my, Mrs. Van Warren, oh, my God, you know what I mean? So, like... That was always nice. It felt like my mom was like someone she's who... famous, yeah. Well, not famous, but she, she's good. Yeah. She helps people. She made, leaves an impact in their yeah. lives. I thought it was cool. And as I got older, I wanted to be like a punk rock singer. And I was like, I don't want to do anything. I don't have a real job. And I kind of burned my ideas out on teaching. I was like, I don't think I want to teach. No matter what I do, I don't want yeah. to teach. And then as I got farther away and went out into the real world and tried to get jobs doing like insurance sales and like <laughs> just weird, you know, all the, the yeah. nine to five type jobs that people get. And I was just like, I don't... I don't think this is for me. Like, I don't think I'm good at sitting in a cubicle yeah. all the time. And even just going back and working for the program I work for now, working at the school, I'm like, oh, yeah. I Now I can see why I wanted to do this in the first right. place. You're allowed to be yourself a little bit, yeah. which is nice. Um, now, before we get into the bring you guys back together, I just want to talk quickly about uh, Treehouse Reading and Art Center in general. When did you, you're the owner? Is that the yes. title you're calling yourself? Yes. <laughs> yeah. um, did so. you make that title up yourself? That's always important. Um, I guess so, yeah. <laughs> All my titles are my, I made them up myself. Yeah. Host, producer, whatever. Yeah. Uh, so when did you open this um, and what was the, the, uh, the ethos behind it? We opened in last March, so mm-hmm. we're almost oh, wow, a year old. Congratulations. Um, and... So I had been doing a lot of different things with teaching. Mm-hmm. While we were living in places for two or three years at a time, I was teaching as an adjunct, mm. teach online classes, speaking oh, of doing I'm doing an online class right online. now for my grad school. It's, uh, yeah. I've never done it before. It's a little... you got to really I, keep track of those deadlines. That's it's disconnecting. I, really, I, yeah. I, gotta, I don't want to say I don't like it because I do like the course. It's all like ancient yeah. civilizations and ancient cities, which is right up my wheelhouse, anthropology stuff, but... I don't know. I'm, it's yeah. weird when I can't banter with the people. I'm right. Like, I can't like send them an email with like jokes and one-liners. <laughs> and I I try really hard to know mm. my students. Sure. Even though you only have email or what they're turning in online, and in education classes, you have the advantage of a lot of those assignments being things like tell me about mm-hmm. you know your favorite book, tell me how, you know your experiences in school. So you get to know them a little bit through assignments, but mm. um, yeah, it is hard for them to really know who you are or know when you're kidding or know when you're serious <laughs> um so i was doing that i i was selling some i was selling books through usborn but again mm-hmm. i was doing a lot of stuff where i wasn't seeing people right right so i'm trying to help people all over the country find the right book but i've never seen you or met you and i'm teaching kids and i can't see them and i thought this is not the best way to do what I do. It's got to be an easier or more yeah. fulfilling platform to do this. Right. right. And I was already teaching music lessons and reading tutoring at my house, mm-hmm. um, which meant I had to keep my house clean and people are coming in and out. And I know how that goes. Yeah. <laughs> As we sit here at my house. <laughs> slash studio. Um, so, you know, one day it just occurred to me, I'm like, hey, I should open a bookstore because mm-hmm. uh, that's what I do. I do children's literature. I talk about books and um, I can do my lessons there, I can do my reading tutoring there, but I can also offer other programs that I couldn't do in what I was doing in life, so. That's wonderful. Uh, and Jack, I guess I can bring you guys back in here now. Uh, you guys have this event, it's February 10th from one thirty to 3.30 p.m. Uh, at the Treehouse uh, Reading and Art Center, and that's in the Fitness Mill building on the yep. third floor. That's 587 Main Street, if you're the person like me who has to type it directly <laughs> into Google Maps because I can't remember 
uh, how to get anywhere. Uh, how first, I, I got to ask this: How did you guys come together on this project? What brought you guys together? Did you guys know each other before this, or is this just sort of kismet? Um, well, actually, I I was at Utica Day. I mm. had a table at Utica. Oh, Day. wonderful! So I, I sent my I was too busy probably running yeah. around like a meeting. <laughs> I sent my family around mm. to go check out what was there. And, and I said, and I'm hungry, so if you can bring me anything to eat... That That's would, what I'm good for. That would be great. It's a good talent to have, actually. Yeah, so... My, my first time here. It <laughs> we took were... them a while, and I was like, what is going on? Like, why haven't they come back for me? Mm-hmm. But they were watching Jack and Mo mm-hmm. cook, and they did bring me yep. food. So um, that's when I first knew that they were out there, and I just thought, you know, it would be really great to... Kind of combine these things because I try to have as many events just to get kids doing what they love to do and what they're interested in. And yeah, and then we connected on Facebook and we started chatting back and forth. And then we figured out, hey, let's do an event together. Isn't it nice when Facebook is actually helpful? Like once in a while, <laughs> yeah. now I'm like, oh, Facebook. When, once in a while, what you're supposed to, to actually you know what it's supposed to do. And it it's how I that. connect with everybody. It's how I connect with you. It's, it's how true. we communicate. You know, it's it's such a double edged sword in the world we live in now. All my kids, I'd have to go off track, but a lot of my kids are doing science projects right now in school, and one of my kids is doing one on like cyberbullying and the effects mm. of cyberbullying and the effects of just being connected to your phone all the time. And I ended up, I felt bad because I ended up like giving her like four articles. I'm like, read this article about this and this and this about how we should be monitoring cell phone usage the way we monitor our health and things like that. And yeah. uh, I do think that there is a little bit of an underbubbling of these uh, these younger students and kids who are sort of seeing like. That half there's the people. A downside, well, there's so, a, there is a yeah. certain there's an uncomfortableness when you yeah. walk into a room or a place and half the people are like on their phones looking yeah. at something else. It happens all the time everywhere I go, and I, there's there's got to be some negative social or right. or mental aspect that just being disconnected from people that way. Or you're scrolling through your phone and it's telling you you really shouldn't be spending as much time on your phone, but yet it's using the thing it's telling you not to do to tell you not to do it. Yeah, but, but the, the other thing <laughs> is that. Everything we have is so connected to the internet now. Like everything I do with my banking is through the internet. It's all direct deposit, and then you do everything through yeah. email now. So it's not like we're going to go back. It's not like yeah. we're going to get rid of all this technology and go back yeah. to using landline phones right. because the infrastructure is there now. And you know, with this event, we're actually using Facebook to promote the event. Yeah. We created the event, and we're putting it out to people on the event. And uh, basically, what we're doing is we're combining both of our missions in the one. I'm about educating families and kids with regard to healthier cooking Mm -hmm. and uh, coming together and cooking together and eating together and communicating around the kitchen table. And Treehouse is all about bringing families in and educating kids and helping kids read. So it just kind of made sense for us. So uh, please feel free to correct me if I'm wrong in any of this, but what I'm gathering is you guys are doing a demonstration, a live cooking demonstration, and you're using a recipe from a cookbook that you guys are selling at the store. Yeah. Uh, And there's also a donation portion of this as well for people? Yeah, so one of the other things I do is I help out with Literacy Coalition of Mm. Herkimer and Oneida Counties. Very nice. um, Which is really just a collection of organizations who have a joint mission of Mm. promoting and helping with literacy in those Mm. two counties. Um, and one of the programs they have is called the Easy Read Bookshelf Program. Mm, so there's bookshelves, like 35 to 40 bookshelves, all around Herkimer and Oneida County where you can pick up a book. You know, you see when you see a book, you can just pick it up and yeah, take yeah. it. Um, you can drop books off at those too, but you don't have to. Like, all, all we want people to do is take a book if they need one. Um, so we're asking people to bring their used kids' books because wonderful. it's really hard to keep kids' books stocked on those yes, shelves. They're grabbing them up all the time, which is wonderful. We want them to do that. 
Um, but, but that means we always need to keep replenishing that supply of yeah. these books. And, you know, I grew up um, here in South Utica and in Cornhill, and I grew up in poverty, and I didn't have a lot of access to reading material, mm -hmm. and I had difficulty with reading in school, and I had a reading teacher who kind of took me under her wing, spent time with me during the course of the school day mm -hmm. reading with me, and would say, well, now go home and read something tonight and talk to me about it tomorrow. But I didn't have anything at home to read. So she sent books. She took mm. books from her house and gave them to me to take home and read. Oh, yeah. And that was huge for me. And now I love to read. There isn't a night before I go to bed that I don't read. And I'm reading a half an hour every night with Morgan before she goes to bed. Yeah. Well, that makes a big difference. I'm actually glad you brought that up because I was a kid. Uh, I grew up. Again, my mom was a first grade teacher. Uh, she read me every night. My mom was a single parent. My, my parents were divorced by the time I was eight. Right? So my mom was pretty much there most of the time. Right? She read to me every night, and I almost exclusively say that that's the reason that I talk so much and that I was <laughs> reading a lot and talking a lot and yeah. being conversive a lot as a kid. Um, I guess i got to ask, when you were growing up, was that, like, was reading a part of your lives? Like, did, did, it, like, did it hold something for you? Like, you go back at certain yeah. books and, like, this was a big moment for me or anything? I read all the time. Yeah. I read everything mm -hmm. I could find. Everywhere. You know, we went to the library all the time. There were just books everywhere. Um, so a lot of, you know, I will look through my store and I will remember, oh, I remember reading this book and I remember reading that book. Um, but I think the moment that I became really attached to programs like mm. what Literacy Coalition does to, is when I was taking a graduate class. Okay. We were working with, I was working with a second grader in the Syracuse School District. Mm. And at the end, I gave him a book. You know, yeah. like, you know, we had a good time working together. You did a great job. Here's a book. And... He like just is like staring at me, and he couldn't believe it. And he's like, "I get to keep this book," yeah. and I was like, "Well, yeah, that's for you." And it was the first book mm. wow. that he was going to have. And Wonderful. I just like at that moment, I'm like, I just had always had books around. That was just part of my life. So to think there's all of these kids that they don't have that book, and so and you know, with me, it's kind of the opposite. I grew up with a parent who was illiterate. Mm. My dad didn't know how to read. He lived 79 years without being able to read a book, a magazine, or a newspaper. Um, he was an eighth grade dropout, mm. but he was one of the wisest people I've ever known. Mm. And he could re he was a master mechanic, and yeah, he yeah. could rebuild the transmission blindfolded mm. without looking at a repair manual. Mm. Um, and he wow. drove for 60, 65 years. Without being able to, he knew the shape of the, the shape signs. Of the signs. Yeah, wow. And back then, you didn't have to be able to read the test. Somebody could read the test to you. Oh, yeah. And he never had an accident, and he never got a ticket. Tell me how many people who can read have that kind of a driving record. I, I'm an excellent reader, and I have a terrible driver. <laughs> horrendous, horrendous driver. And, you know... You can't read that speed and, limit sign. Oh, <laughs> and we came up with coping mechanisms for him. So he could... He knew his alphabet, hmm. and he could copy anything. He had wonderful handwriting. And yeah. so we came up with a chart of dollar numbers hmm. that equated to words for dollars and cents. And if he wanted to pay a bill, he would just find the dollar amount on the chart, scroll down, see what yeah, how yeah. to write it, write it out. And he made it out of his own bills. And he lived for 79 years without being able to read. But he couldn't read to his children. He couldn't read a newspaper with his wife. And so, you know, for me, I, he, he just stressed education to us um, over and over and over again. And he would say that from the neck down, you're worth minimum wage. From the neck up, you're worth anything you want. <laughs> That's a good slogan, actually. I you like know? 
Well, and that's a great point. You know, I, I talk a lot about with to kids about like the benefit of reading because a lot of kids get frustrated. They're like, I'm going to read whatever this English book is for this yeah. English class and then I'm just going to write down the answers and I'm not going to pay attention to it again. I try to... Get, there is still a portion of kids who read for fun and it does make me feel good that when kids are reading these days, they're actually reading paperback, hardcover, whatever books, like out of paper and not yeah. on their phones yeah. because I'm sorry. It I makes know. me feel good too because I have a bookstore, so. <laughs> well, it's, I know that there's like all the but people But they're who, out there, yeah. Well, there's a lot of people who like Kindles and I'll read it on their yeah. phone and it's fine, I guess. But for me, I always think of it like, uh, I think of it the same way I think of music, right? An MP3 is fine if I'm in my car or I'm on the road somewhere. But if you really want to hear the way the song sounds... You want to put the vinyl record on because the vinyl's like a piece of art. It's like a piece of actual yeah. physical art. The cover of it, the way it looks, the way it feels. Book is the same way, right? You can read that sterilized book on your phone with the black with the backlight, or you can pick up the physical book with the paper and you can and you can feel it, you can smell the ink and it has that it's nice. There's something yeah. about it that sort of raw natural feeling to and it that sounds them, weird no some <laughs> books feel different so some yeah exactly feel really good and the pages turn nicely or yeah is Charlie the cat bothering yeah, you over no, there yeah he's cool he's, right, he smells he's, my cat my he's, cat Archie he's a troublemaker sorry <laughs> about that and, and as Morgan's been growing up mm. when I think when Morgan was seven or eight um, I was struggling for a good Christmas present, a oh, cornerstone yeah. Christmas present mm -hmm. one year. So I went to Michael's and I bought a bookcase, a wooden oh, nice. bookcase. And then I bought paints for her to paint it any color she wanted. Mm. And then I, for three days, I went from used bookstore to the library to anywhere I could find books. And I filled it with 100 books. Mm. So my goal was 100 books. And I wrapped it up and I gave That's it to amazing. her. And it took her about a year to read them, but she didn't have any point in time where there was a lapse of reading material. That's yeah. wonderful. You know, and so we try to keep that reading material going. So what we're going to do on the 10th is anybody who brings in a used book is going to get a free Jack and Mo cooking show recipe wonderful. and a discount on the, cooking, on the cookbook. Amazing. That's great. Uh, before I we get too far past it, I just want to say again, February 10th, 1 to 3.30 p.m. Uh, at the Treehouse Reading and Arts Center. That's 587 Main Street, the Fitness Mill, uh, third floor building in New York Mills. Where can people go if they want to look up more information online, Facebook, outside, probably? Um, yeah, they can, there is an event up on the Treehouse Reading Arts Center Facebook page. Very good. Yep. So. And there's one on the Jack and Mo Cooking Show yeah. Facebook page Great. as well. And yeah, I'll link everything for all our listeners on our website after we're done here today yep. as well. So. Very good. Yeah, and it'll be posted later today on my, on my uh, Jack and Mo website page as well. Wonderful. Very good. Uh, I'll say one last thing to you guys about the reading thing, uh, and I'm just going to throw this out there because I want the reader, uh, the listeners to hear this. There's a really excellent uh, YouTube channel that I follow called Every Frame is a Painting, and it's uh, it's not about books. It's about uh, movie making. I'm a sucker for like the, the camera work and lighting and all the techniques of it, and they were interviewing this little thing about Chuck Jones. You guys know who Chuck Jones is? He was, uh, he was the voice of Bugs Bunny, and like he was the director. I thought it was Mel Blanc. Mel Blanc. I'm sorry. Chuck Jones is the guy who directed all the. Oh, he was the director. Okay. He wrote. Like, he directed all the cartoons and cut them and wrote them. He's a. He's a genius. Yep. And one of the things they were talking about is where did you come up with all these ideas for all these cartoons? And he was just like, I just read a lot of books. It's the only way that you can exercise your mind. Like you can exercise your body. You can go running. You can go do whatever it is. But reading is what allows you to 
to build those muscles in your brain and come up with new ideas and come up with things you wouldn't have thought of otherwise. It still surprises you and it gives you new thoughts. So uh, definitely worth a video, uh, video read if you guys And, you know, I'm thinking about the old Bugs Bunny cartoons with Wiley Coyote and the Roadrunner and Yosemite Sam and Tasmania oh, Devil. I got to wonder where his mind, what he was reading. Oh, he got his mind there. <laughs> <laughs> <to> create those <laughs> characters. Yeah. So, guys, I want to thank you guys for coming on. Uh, before I let you go, though, I do have some lightning round questions for you guys uh if you're ready for that all right and by the way since you're both parents i guess i have a little parents advice corner here you guys are any advice for any parents out there any gripes that are currently bothering you You guys have any dealing with the slime a lot of my teenage kids are dealing with it (laughs) so yes Yes. you're aware of the slime good (laughs) but they're only allowed to make slime outside so it peters out in the winter that's good that's good are they trying to put it on youtube become youtube celebrities uh no mine haven't thought of that yet so be careful that i'm not gonna let them hear that all my middle school all my middle school kids you'll need to cut that part Um, uh, no, we're uh, we're just still doing our Jack and Mo YouTube channel, but uh, I'm dealing with the high school years, yeah, so tough. I'm dealing with the anxiety, <laughs> the seriousness of yeah. the anxiety and the stress oh, yeah. and the pressure of the grades of what yeah. college to go to, of what to take mm. in college, of getting good enough grades for scholarships, and mm. you know, and the friends and the phones and all that stuff. It's there's so much now, and I think every I think for every generation, it's probably I don't have kids of my own at the moment. I have nieces and nephews but I think for every generation there's just so much more that you we don't know about right like how could any of our parents like think about what our parents would have done if all of a sudden we had the internet out of nowhere right like <laughs> it takes a long time for like like generations of people to adapt to certain changes yeah. and it's it's a tougher time to be yeah. a parent now than I can think of for any time that I'm growing up in my whole life so all right you guys ready for some lightning round questions I guess so all Hit right me. Wonderful. These are not the same lightning round questions I always use for Jack, but they are the same ones I use for Joanna. We're going to do serpentine fashion. I'm going to go back and forth. Joanna, we're going to start with you. Okay. Uh, Joanna Robertson of the Tree House Reading and Art Center. Uh, When you wake up in the morning, how do you take your coffee? I drink tea. Tea. Your tea of choice. That's good. That's good. That's fine. I like it. I like it. What's your tea of choice? Um, awake. The Tazo oh, Awake. Nice. You a green tea person at all? Or? I like green tea. Yeah. I don't love it, but I like it. Was there ever a point when you were a coffee person and gave up, or did you grow up with tea? Um, no, I always have drank tea. I went. I did a semester in England, and so hmm. they taught me how to drink tea. And hmm. Very I don't good. know. That's Every now and then in the afternoon, I'll have a little bit of coffee, but... I feel like coffee was late era for me. My parents drank coffee growing up, and they wouldn't let me drink it. So I, I think I grew up being like, oh, how come I can't? Maybe when I'm an <laughs> adult, it yeah. means I'm allowed to drink coffee. I still haven't had a cup of coffee. I <laughs> said that last time you were Jack, uh, over to you here for this round. Uh, you're always looking around at new meals and stuff. I saw you posting uh, some stuff on Facebook as well. What's your current like food? Uh, your current food addiction or your current food obsession? What are you interested in right now with your cooking? Well, you know, it's really. We're all about fast, easy, inexpensive ways mm-hmm. for working families and busy families mm-hmm. to make healthy meals together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this may not be as healthy, but um, one of the things that Morgan and I just did mm. was we baked an apple pie. Oh, yeah. And we used cinnamon rolls yes. as our crust. I saw this. So we took cinnamon rolls and we flattened them out. Oh, yeah. And then we put them at the bottom of the pie plate. And we filled it with oh, the yeah. homemade apple filling. Oh, yeah, and we yeah. took more cinnamon rolls mm-hmm. and flattened them up and put them on top. And then we baked it. I'm and that's that. the easiest apple pie <laughs> I've ever made in my life. And I make a lot of homemade apple oh, pies during Thanksgiving. And rolling out a crust yeah. and getting it the right consistency mm-hmm. to get it to go on top of the pie is a pain. 
So right now we're doing lots of fast, easy stuff like that. But one of our specialties is waffle toasted sandwiches. Yes. And to get back to our event, we're going to make a waffle toasted ham and cheese panini. It. And we're going to cut up samples and give them out to everybody. I love it. It's amazing. I'm going to stick with you for this one. Uh, if you could have dinner or make dinner <laughs> for any person, living or dead, who is not your family, who would you pick? Gandhi. Gandhi, really? Gandhi. Yeah, more for me. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Joanna, come back to you for this one. Uh, what was your first automobile? Uh, my first automobile was yeah. a Toyota Echo. Toyota Echo. Wow, I haven't yes. heard that name in a long yes. time. Do you still have it? Is it out there right no, now? No, I don't have it anymore. Um, because when we were moving across the country, we only took one car. Oh, uh, yeah. And so we had, an Echo was not the size car that you pack everything you no. own and move across the country, so we had to leave it. It was named Yo-Yo, though. Yo-Yo the Echo, that's pretty good, I'm yeah. into that. Uh, you may or may not have taken Yo-Yo the Echo to see it, but what was your first live music event? Well, because I'm a music geek, it was probably a symphony concert, a Syracuse nice. symphony concert. No, there's nothing wrong with that, ever. <laughs> that is not very exciting. Uh, Jack, give me one uh, book, album, movie or television show you are currently reading, listening to, or watching? The most recent movie I've watched, which is my favorite movie of all time, mm. is Forrest Gump. I love Forrest Gump, man. That's a great movie. Because I'm a sucker for the underdog. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and I love inspirational stories. And I've been told I resemble Forrest. No, I'm kidding. Right. <laughs> you know, i got to look up his name. I can't think of the author's name. Uh, but I want to say the guy who wrote the book, Forrest Gump, actually just put out another book, and it's only, like, the second book he's ever written. Well, the second book... Winston Groom, that's his name. That's yep. the author. Yeah, yeah. And there was a second Forrest Gump book. Really? After the Forrest Gump movie came out huh. that talked about his relationship with his son. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Gump and Co. from yep. 19... Huh. Interesting. Very interesting. See? Yeah, I like it. Forrest Gump. Uh, all right. Jack, Joanna, again, February 10th, 1 to 3.30 p.m., uh... 587 Main Street Fitness Mill at the Treehouse Reading and Art Center. I will link everything, Facebook and Instagram, all that good stuff. Jack, I want to thank you for coming back. Thank you, sir. It's a pleasure to meet you. you. Folks, we will be back to the show in just a moment. Jack Clance, Joanna Robertson, uh, Jack, good friend of the show. He's been here many times. Uh, I will link everything for the event. Again, February 10th, 1 through 3.30 p.m. Mm. at the Fitness Mill. Uh, it's a great event, donating books for kids. Love to help kids read. February 10th is a great day. It's also uh, my brother's birthday. Ah. Mm-hmm. I also have to prepare kids for the SATs on that day in the morning. Oh, there you go. Oh, I know. SAT prep. <laughs> I seem like the kind of guy who'd be good at that, right? Uh, hey, I got a question for you. I know that we have a, an Olympian around here, the the excellent Erin Hamlin, who's won the Luge bronze medal. I, I don't know what she won. You'd know better than I what she won, right? She's on all the signs. She's on the signs for everything. Excellent local Olympian. What's her face? The girl no, no, in one sport. I guess, I guess my question is this, though. Is there, like, an upper limit for, like, certain... Like, if you're a bobsledder, if you're a good bobsledder, 
there's not like an age limit to bobsled, right? Like it's still the same general concept. There's probably not a limit, this... but you probably lose effectiveness pretty quickly as you get older. Right. I'm almost certain this will be Aaron's last Olympics, and I don't know as much like of the physicality and stuff as like like we were just saying. It's a big commitment to like put into it, and I right. think you transition into like other things, like maybe TV or something. Like you kind of look for right. that backstage. Cause... But what about? What about, like, curling, though? Like, curling's got to have no age. You could be an 80-year-old curler, right? Like, that's still a thing that you can do in your in your old age if you're good at yeah, it. You can I mean, do it, probably not at the Olympic level. Yeah. You, just, you lose fitness and flexibility. Anything you hmm. can do, just because you can still do it when you're 50 doesn't mean 25-year-olds can't still do it better. Everybody has to qualify, hmm. so I guess in theory... You right. You still yeah. qualify for the Olympics. You might not be elite at it, but you could get to that lower crest of just making it. You know what I mean? If they take 32 air rifle shooters, like, yeah, you can get in there. Yeah, what did you say for your Olympic sport if you were going to pick one for them? I think... Uh, I didn't, but if I had to pick one, uh, snowboarding, probably. Snowboarding. Yeah, that, it's... I always thought it was just the X Games. They actually do that in the Olympics? No, yeah. Yeah, they got... Yeah, Sean White's got tons <laughs> oh, that's of Olympic right. medals. I've seen... He, they're doing a lot of commercials for him. He's back. Yeah, do I would like that? to do... I would like to do, like, the... I don't know if it's called... I don't know if it's their big air or what it is, but where you ride... Down the half pipe, like down the huge in the big half pipe. Yeah, 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 yeah. That would be a really cool event that's, to be good at. That's a very aesthetically pleasing event. Well, you know what I think is nice about that one too. If you're good at that, you can do it all the time. Like snowboarders, even Olympic snowboarders, just seem like like people that would be friends of mine that just sort of like chill and go on vacation to like Denver and yeah, Tahoe and wherever else. Yeah, and like it's not like if you do the luge, you can't go for the weekend and be like, oh yeah, going to Tahoe <laughs> to luge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like the snowboard, you can go do all the time. So it's just like a hobby that you're good enough at yeah. to be an Olympian. I would like. I think what the Olympics should do. Uh, I, I'll, I'll end with the Olympic stuff after this. There should just be more events of just like real like run down the hill like a downhill snow race. The every, you know what I mean? the like, every man's Olympics. The every man's Olympics, right? Yeah. Like I think we should throw maybe can... Utica. I think we should bring back um, Sam. I know you remember Justin. I don't even know if you've lived here long enough, but we should bring back the Snowfari. Snowfari, yes. Snowfari at the parkway was excellent. Yeah. They would have like half pipe competitions, but like it doesn't really snow anymore because yeah. of you know the climate. And they would have like all sorts of like um, a snowball softball tournament and all sorts of stuff in the park where we would be bumping with like music and tons of people. Mm. I can attest to. Uh, well, you've been all over the place with made Utica stuff, trying to come up with new like well, events. We the should bring biggest back issue to with these things is insurance. That's mm. always the hardest. That makes when you sense. let people come and when they can like break their arm somewhere, like you, you gotta know, get a waiver. You know how I feel about rollerblades, like. High impact that's How do you feel about rollerblades? I think you should. I want to have an event where people come and rollerblade. But he's been trying to do a roller disco since like the second we started Made in Utica. A roller disco. Twenty five really? minutes after we started Made in Utica, he wanted to do a roller disco at Proctor Park. All right, it's right. <laughs> pretty good. This is outrageous. <laughs> that Anyone's surprising. willing to cover it, like or sign a waiver. Or something, I feel like, I could see that. I feel like the, the Parkway Rec Center probably carries their own. You put, yeah, and you probably sign a waiver or something. Like yeah. you got to probably sign mm-hmm. up for your own liability. And to be fair, like the half pipe competition was only like a small part of it. They also had the. Um, you can make your own sled, but you have to make it out of like cardboard and duct like tape or something like that. Or what is it? Box because Sam was in that. Didn't you race down so the hill that one year? On the hype beast that you and Dano made. Oh, that's right, the hype beast. Who does yeah, the same yeah. was in it? Who does just mattresses down down so? Oh, that's a thing too. too. Yeah, what, what, you I don't know, you know what? what? Is, we should do that. There I didn't go. ride in the hype beast, mind you. That was Dan Avasado and our former landlord Dan Yates. Oh, that was. Shout out to Dan Yates and Corey, my GFOPs from Thomas Street. Right? Is that what? Yeah, yeah. I don't remember. Uh, all right, let's move on from winter sports. 
Uh, and let's get into history lessons, which I'm just going to fly through because they're not great this week. Uh, As opposed to. Well, usually I, I linger <laughs> on them. Uh, on this day. I won't disagree with that. In 1828, uh, French novelist Jules Verne was born. Mm-hmm. Can you name any Jules Verne works, Justin? Yeah, The Girl Who Cried Wolf. The Girl? No, that is not one of them. <laughs> Kevin, can you name a Jules Verne work of fiction? Um, tens of thousands of leagues all the way under the sea. Yes, numerous leagues under the sea. Jules That's Verne. a good one. Uh, 20 or 40,000, one or the other. <laughs> Journey to the Center of the Earth and Around the World in 80 Days. Uh, generally considered uh, a major literary author in France and most of Europe. Uh, he's also considered the father of science fiction, a title that was given to him by H.G. Wells. All right, uh, in this day in 1891, the Dalton Gang commits this first crime, a train robbery, in Alaya, California. I only got excited for this one because we've been watching Deadwood again, uh, and it makes me think about, like, what a weird time it must have been, like, in the late 1800s to live in America when just wild stuff could happen at any turn, right? Not that wild stuff doesn't happen now. No, (laughs) comparatively, though, wild stuff does not happen. It's a lot harder to do it these days. You can't just go rob like a subway. You could, but you gotta be like really good at it. Back in the day, you could probably just hop a train like, what are the cops gonna come? You know what I mean? You and I... No, everybody on the train who's got guns is gonna kill you. That's true. That's fair. fair. You and I watched it. uh, You gotta be willing to kill first, I guess, then. I don't think... Have you ever seen Deadwood before I watched... Did you watch the first Um, episode? Yeah, we were talking about it just briefly. Like, I've never gotten into it, but I've seen it. And it's one of those things that continue to come up and the reason why I keep seeing it is because it's I want to keep going because every list I look at keeps saying to watch it. I just tail off, so I'm not well not the, the the deepest into it, but it keeps showing up on like great lists. Like these are the one of the binge. one of the things that's great about that show is the is the world building and the way it like builds this whole environment that you enjoy. And one of the things I really think is fascinating about that time is the is the idea that there was still unsolicited un you know developed land that you could just go build on, right? Like, it's just a different, like, you could, I don't even think that would work now, right? Even if there was land, you couldn't just go build on it, so there's no. something, you'd be doing something wrong, right? I love, like, Native American and, like, westward word expansion stuff, so, like, even just the concept of Deadwood, like, in that lawless territory, yeah. which is kind of nation territory, but they're just living there because they want to, like, that whole dynamic of living your life like that is, like, within your own town of, like, chaos, there's also just these people outside that don't want you there, so, like, what's that like every single day to wake up and just wonder mm. who's gonna slaughter you first you know it's pretty dark all right one more 19 well i got two more actually i'm sorry three more 1943 uh this one i just thought was funny on this day uh benito mussolini fired his son-in-law uh for what he thought was incompetence just saying it's happened before i'm just gonna move on from that one on this day in 1953 uh, Walt Disney's film Peter Pan premiered, which I am only talking about because that was an early Disney movie for me that I remember. That and Dumbo were like the first two like cartoon movies that I watched a lot as a kid. You got any love for Peter Pan? It's not Hook. I don't give a you know what. Like you mean the live action? Yeah, Hook was so good that I couldn't even think to watch the cartoon. <laughs> like it's so crummy compared. When I was a kid, I actually had the stage play, like the live action stage play. So did I, the one from TV where like Julie yeah. Andrews was Peter Pan? Yeah, exactly. I watched oh, the same I thing. Remember, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had the same thing when I was a kid. I actually don't think that this is like a bet like one of the better Disney movies. <laughs> it's like this Peter Pan? Yeah, it's no. It's not in my high lists. Uh, it actually had mixed reviews when it came out because most reviewers were comparing it to that that musical, like the stage production of it. Um, all right, and last but not least, one last sports one on this day, February 7th, 1970. 
Uh, Louisiana State basketball star Pete Maravich scored 69 points in a college game against Alabama, setting a Division I record that would stand for 21 years. What do you know about Pistol Pete? Uh, I know a lot about Pistol Pete. Actually. Oh, do you? Yeah, he's like uh, one of those tragic types, because he was, I think his dad was the coach of LSU, but he was yes, like as a basketball like protege, like he was supposed to be good, and he very much was. But as he got to the NBA, it was either injury or like some personal, like maybe being a little too arrogant. So, some things like he rubbed people the wrong way, and his career just never reciprocated all mm. the college fame that he had. But he still is like looked at as one of the greatest players of all time. Mm. It's weird because his NBA, I think he has a title, but it would have been like the Woody Harrelson thing and semi pro type of deal where he's on like the the bench guy with the bad knees who's just mm. on the Celtics or something like that. Well, so here we go. A uh, couple quick things about Is him. alcoholic, too? It doesn't say in the article. It says he did die in a heart attack at 40. I which think is, that was part of his downfall, crazy. too, alcoholism. Part of his downfall was being dead. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he was averaging 43.6 points per game his freshman year, which is crazy. Uh, he still holds, holds the NCAA record f- uh, for most career points and highest career yeah. scoring average. Back in that time, too, freshmen didn't always play uh, college basketball. They sat for the year. So he was like so good as a freshman that he was able to make the, the lineup, which was also at the time not common. And he doesn't get a lot of credit as a scorer in the NBA because there was no three-point line, even yep. though he was shooting what would have now been considered three-pointers all the time. Actually, like Pistol Pete. Can you guys name the player in 1991? Who broke the NCAA scoring record with 71 points? I bet you cannot. 71. Yankadare. No, I have no idea who that is. Shaquille O'Neal. No, I, I would never have guessed this. Some guy named Kevin Bradshaw, who played for a team called U.S. International University. Yeah, okay. He put up 71 points against Loyola Marymount. So there you go. Loyola Marymount. All right, so there you go. So that's our history lessons for this week. Uh, what are we at? All right, I'm not feeling great, so we're going to pound through some of the more... Interesting points to this, and then move on. Read an article this week on The Ringer, uh, and it was sort of arguing that maybe it's time that we need to start tracking uh, our cellular and digital phone usage the way that we track our health. Uh, Basically, they made an analogy uh, with the iPhone and the Big Mac, right? Uh, Inventions that were big technical inventions at the time that simplified daily life and theoretically granted people more time for higher pursuits. However, instead of being solutions to stresses of modern life, fast food became a problem in and of itself. Uh, and now the same kind of thing is happening to smartphones. Do you think this is a real like analogy, or am I reaching too far on this? No, I think you're spot on. Mm. Mm. The basic the basic argument is that like you can go into a fast food restaurant, and you, now they have to tell you the calories. You sort of know what's coming in. Are we in need for something that sort of monitors our usage of cell phones or is it just something we need to start teaching people? No, well, I mean, what we what we need as a people is discipline. There's not some magic tool that's going to do the job for us, but I think that discipline will be hard to come by. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I spent, last night, I was hanging out with a four-year-old for a while who was so adept at a tablet that it was crazy to see. It's not going away, you know what I mean? It's only getting worse if people are getting it earlier. I, I don't know, but I think, you know, there have been a lot of studies that have proven out some adverse effects to your health and your mental well-being and all that stuff from spending so much screen time. So, yeah, it's going to be a problem. It's going to continue to rear its head going forward in the yeah. next 10 or 20 years. I think it's like one of those continued trickle-down effects, too, is because us in particular probably a generation of, like, TV, and that mm-hmm. probably still, to an extent, 
for some people with really weird kids who watch TV all the time. Oh, yeah. Well, they, they used I mean? to talk like, about that when we were kids. That's what you hear is all yeah. these kids just watch TV all the time like, like play video games. And it's resorted even today where, like, they do campaigns to make kids go outside and play mm-hmm. for an hour. Like, it's that's how much of a problem we have. We have to come up with, like, government and NFL-sponsored programs to make you go outside and, like, kick a football. <laughs> yeah. nobody well, wants and to you see the it. difference. Like, we were sitting there. We've been watching Deadwood, right? And it's about them building this village out in the West that was, wasn't built. So everybody's out here working on building their houses, mm-hmm. building their businesses, you know what I mean? Putting up structures, like trying to build this town. People are doing all this stuff. Nowadays, you know, the TV is why, you know, a lot of people, many people, I'll say most people, don't do anything. Because yep. mm-hmm. all that time spent where you would be doing literally anything, you just spend in front of the TV and you're parked in front of it for, you know, a lot of people, two, three, four, five, six, eight hours a day, it takes away all of the rest of your life, yeah. and it's enough entertainment to make you not notice that it's happening. But you, because you always want to see what everyone else is doing. Like that's the internet, that's your tablet, like that's your being texted on your phone. Like you're always wondering what someone else is up to, and you have to probably just naturally fall into a thing where you stray away of actually like doing all the things you need to. Like it's got to be unhealthy because it just doesn't put a focus mm-hmm. on self. Like just naturally. However you want to do it, mentally, physically, whatever. It's just anything that diverts that much attention away from you physically doing something for your, your own self is probably just not good. So I think that there is something to be said here. Uh, one of the, the arguments is that where cell phones and technology were at the time that a lot of people get in them first viewed as like these marvels of the future, a lot of people sort of view them now with this sort of like guilt, obligation, and like dopamine-induced craving. Those are, like, the three major... Like food. Yeah. And you it's... always get it, and then you're like, oh, I didn't want McDonald's. I thought like, the... Yeah, <laughs> I, thought, I think the fast food analogy is is dead on, to be yeah. honest. That's one of the reasons I kept this article. The guilty and pleasures. Yeah. Well, that's... They sort of say at the end here, and I'll leave it at this. Uh, the fast food sort of problem was always sort of unchecked. Like, for a really long time, yeah. it was just there. It existed. And it wasn't until... Like, they sort of forced yeah. McDonald's to step in and do something about, like, at least telling people what they were eating... I don't see any reason, like, Apple and Google are out there saying all the right things, like, yes, we should work for, like, a better, more softer, you know, like, screen time thing, but it doesn't, there's no incentive for them to have you off your phone any less. Right. Right? Like, everything is sort of incentivized to be a pain and to be on the phone or be on your thing more often, so... I don't necessarily trust Apple or Google to have yeah, our to best. Give you the advice no, to have our best yeah, interest yeah. in mind oh, when it comes to that, right? Not. And they shouldn't. So. They shouldn't. They shouldn't even care. They're mm-hmm. just a private company selling products. Yeah, that's fair. They'll deal with the. It's like the tobacco. Deal with it when you get sued for a bunch of this stuff. Then you got a problem. All right, so we're running short on time here. So here's a couple things we are not going to talk about today. We're not going to talk about uh, either the Slender Man movie or the uh, Slender Man murders. The girls got, uh, uh, Tom, did you see anything about the Slender Man murders? Yeah, they... The teens got 40, the teen yeah, got 40 years. Yeah, they're recently. Is it good or bad for the Slender Man movie? Minnesota or something? Uh, Minnesota. Minnesota. Is it good or bad for the Slender Man movie that the Slender Man trial is concluding right beforehand? Uh, it's great for them. Great for the movie. It's yeah. kind of, is it... Weird that they're releasing it like they wouldn't wait a little bit longer. Like in a different time, yeah, would not wait for what. I'm just saying, like in a different time, like if they made a movie about uh like a school shooting and a school shooting happened, they wouldn't release the movie right afterwards, right? They'd probably push it back a few months. If it was about the specific 
thing, yeah. I guess. If it was about the specific shooting, yeah. They, they coincide true crime stuff like that all the time. Mm. That's true. That's a good point. You see, God forbid, Law and Order, any episode, just even that, 30 Law and Order, you know, Law rerun is show, pretty you know? brutal for a show you see on yeah. regular television. I never really noticed it until, like, just last couple of years, seeing it casually. Uh, we are not going to talk about the woman on the United Airlines flight who was denied an emotional support peacock because a lot of other people have covered this story. Uh, do you have any thoughts about a lady bringing a peacock onto the airplane? It's the thing we saw on Saturday Night Live. They already hit it better than I could ever put it up. It's like, that's what everybody wants, right? It's like a bird inside a closed space. Like, yeah. that's it's a giant oh, yeah, bird with yeah. 11-foot plumage. Like. Yeah. Just inside a closed, like, yeah. That's just, Why? You know, I have to say, like, I definitely had a family member who did who lied to an airport to get their emergency support dog on the plane for no other reason they didn't want to put the dog underneath. People I, do it all the time. I read something was like some sort of like 40, 60% yeah. rise in licenses put out for emotional support animals, which, look, you want to get it's, a bunch of dogs on the plane? I'm actually into it. I love dogs. <laughs> I think that's great, but, like... No, I don't want to be on planes with dogs, and I got two of them. It's just, I don't like flying in general on top of that. They're not there for emotional support for me. What do you think the dog's going to do? Causing me not poop. proper emotional support. It might poop. If I'm not a dog well, person, not if you I'm took saying, your dog like, out before me and your dog's, like, training. Not, is me, not me specifically, I'm couple saying, hours? What about all the people who aren't, like, in the dogs, or if they have allergies? What if there's just I don't other tr- people? I, I fundamentally don't trust people that aren't into dogs. Mm. I don't if you're not into dogs, ah, I'm just saying, know, uh, being on an airplane and then, you know, paying for a, a ticket and having to do the whole hassle of an airport. Like, if you're just a, pr- I can see why having animals, even babies, people probably get pissed about babies. Oh, yeah. That's a completely people different, hate you know it. what I mean? Oh, yeah. But, like, animals is weird. I'm sure people are not thrilled. Uh, I'm not going to spend too much time talking about this, but I'm going to say right now, um, instead of our normal segment that I do, uh, I'm done with this guy. I'm premiering a new one. It's called I'm Done With This App. And I'm, I deleted my, HQ Trivia app a few weeks ago, and now I'm glad that I did. I saw a commercial for it yesterday on the Super Bowl that was stupid. And I did just find out that they are getting their next round of funding from uh, venture capitalist billionaire Peter Thiel, who I hate because he got rid of Gawker. Uh, so mm. I'm done with uh, HQ Trivia, and I'm starting to see more people deleting it, and it makes me happy. Mm. Any thoughts? Uh, is it the, didn't this guy already create, like, another app, too? Isn't this what he does, too, just develop apps and sell them off? Or, like... Isn't that what, that's what everyone should be doing these days, yeah. right? I feel well, like. I think he ha- already had one big one too, so I'm sure it's he'll be out of the game eventually. Uh, I have one interesting question for you that was presented to me this week. Uh, this was from uh, Reddit. I thought it was interesting. Can you guys think of the silliest thing that you were ever banned from listening to by your parents growing up, like music or a TV show or a movie? Is there anything that you got stopped from seeing because your parents were like, "No, you can't see it"? Because I have one of these, and it's kind of weird. When I, when I was super young, I remember my mom didn't want me to watch that show, You Can't Do That on Television, because she really? thought the slime was disgusting. <laughs> the when slime? When they slime and people like, this is gross, I don't watch you, I don't watch you watching this show. Really? Yeah. My dad disliked a lot of stuff, but he never had the stones to try to straight ban any kind of television. Yeah, yeah. Um, Red and Stimpy made my, my dad, every adult mm-hmm. in my family on yeah. Saturday mornings at Grandma's house very uncomfortable, yeah. which, you know, retrospectively, it, right That would make so. sense. Yeah. Ryan Simpy's the first one that I remember a lot. Um, South Park was something that I couldn't just stay up late to watch, but my mom would tape it and let, let me watch it in the morning, so that w- fell into kind of a weirder character. Sure, she had to watch it first. Yeah, yeah well, yeah, yeah. yeah, and, like, it was too late to stay up for, and it was also a little bit too... Yeah, like, yeah, yeah if it I, wasn't I worth watching, mean. it didn't make it to tape in the morning when I got up, basically. You know, it was just, like... 
my family was pretty good about this. My dad liked a good R-rated action movie, so growing up, like I, I kind of got to see, and I read a lot of Stephen King books growing up, which we talked about. Like Stephen mm-hmm. King books are great, but they also are not generally meant for like young kids, as maybe the way when we were reading them, they weren't. Uh, the weirdest thing that my parents ever got off on though was, did you remember the Weird Al Yankovic album, Bad Hair Day, that had yeah. Gangster's Paradise yeah. on it? Owned it. All right, so. On those albums, uh, this is really strange, okay? On those CDs, any Weird Al Yankovic CD, he would always do something where it would be like a polka song. Yeah. He had this track called The Alternative Polka. Yeah. And the point of it was it was like polka versions of like popular rock songs of the era, right? So it would be like Black Hole Sun and like Green Day Song. And one of them was the song Closer by Nine Inch Nails, right? Like it was a polka version of the song Mm -hmm. And they would bleep out the word, like, the F word, right? So it'd be like, I want to bleep you, blah, 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 yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's obviously, like, and my mom just c- did not understand that this was a reference to something else, didn't know what the song was. She's like, what is this terrible CD that you're listening to with the bleeped out swear words and polka music? I don't want you listening to it anymore. Are we ever going to be like that? That's You know yes. what I mean? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, 100,000%. I already we feel like a little man We're about, like, some stuff. I've noticed like, it. These at, kids with their cell phones. As everybody's and... crossed the precipice from 30 and is creeping into their 30s, I notice it with... All of my friends, every single one of my friends, including myself, different little things, different little issues, yeah. little triggers. People are starting to become cranky old men a little bit. Yeah, I got it's funny. One it's day funny when the garbage see. men were not wearing shirts, picking up the trash. I was like, "This is don't you got a job? Just well, you dress yeah, at your work?" What are, like and back then, I was like, "Who am I talking to this guy? Like, oh, he's got a shirt off, picking up garbage, and I'm like angry about it. It's like, why is this guy that just in this to town me. with no shirt on, picking up garbage? That happened it, to me. They all look like garbage. One day a year or two ago, I was driving with a friend of ours. And we were, like, on the arterial or something, just hanging out. I don't remember where we were going, what we were doing. But this kid came cruising by in, like, a souped-up Honda with a soup can exhaust. And he was, like, sort of weaving in around traffic and went around, you know, us. And was, like, you know, going pretty fast on the thing. And our buddy, you know, our friend was who was driving, he was like, that's crazy. That's so dangerous. He's like, you know what? I'm going to call the police. I'm going to call the police. <laughs> and I stopped him for a minute. I go, look... He's driving dangerously, but you and me have been friends for a really, really <laughs> yeah. long time. We get a lot of nerve calling the police on like young kids driving like maniacs That's because the threshold, when we right? were young kids, we drove like maniacs. He's like, "Wow, I'm old." I'm like, "Yeah, man." I can't remember a job I would have wanted to have where I just didn't want to wear a shirt. You know what I mean? So, like, who am I to be mad at that guy? Man. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Why am I so mad at that guy? I'm an old man. Hey, you don't wear a shirt all summer. Yeah, yeah. I can't even. We got. It's got to be an age thing. I don't even know what got into me. All right, and uh, speaking of age thing, I got one last one, little teacher's corner here for you. Uh, I have to do interviews with a lot of my students, and one of the common things you need to ask in the interviews is, have you thought about what you'd like to do uh, for a career as you get older? Can you guys guess either of the two most popular, what would you like to do for a career when you get older choices? YouTube star. YouTube star is number one. What else is there? Um, it's just Ky- Kyrie Irving. Just yes. definitively <laughs> yes. to be called NBA player. Yes. Just anything <laughs> yeah. he does, they just want to be Kyrie. I got in a conversation with one of my kids today who was asking me, like, he said you want to be an NBA star. I was like, Do you know <laughs> I said, Do you know what it takes to be an NBA star? Like what the odds of becoming an NBA player are? And he goes, No, do you? And I said, No. <laughs> but I'll look it up. So I did. So I have some numbers here, okay? Alright, so this is according to the NCAA. Uh, in the NCAA basketball, one in 35 of all high school basketball players has a chance to play in the NCAA at any level, okay, right? So two, of yeah, okay. all, right? 
That's one in every five, one in thirty-five of all high school basketball players, and that's any level of the yeah. NCAA. Of those NCAA players, only one point two percent get drafted oh, to an NBA it, yeah, it's team. Right, be crazy low, yeah. So that shakes out to about three in every ten thousand. Uh, so that means that even playing in Division Three basketball means you are in the top three percent of all high school basketball players in the country. You need to be just to get into a wow. D three school. Okay, wow. so. Uh, I also found a different number. These are demographics from the New York Times. So uh, because we are all three white males and we are in America, we fall in the richest 20% in terms of, like, countries we live in. Uh, we are, yeah. <laughs> so our chances for us, right, would be three in a million as white males to get into the NBA. That seems and about right. Now, this is even different for, this changes with your height. Justin, you are under six feet tall, correct? Yeah. As am I. Which means our probability, on top of that, is 1 in 1.2 million, or uh, equivalent to you versus the entire population of the city of Dallas. Well, here's the fun fact. I declared for the NBA straight out of high school when I wrapped up my basketball season. I went undrafted. It wasn't as to the combine, but I just definitely declared. <laughs> somebody, I'm going straight to the NBA. I have no intentions of playing basketball in college. I am making myself available for the draft today. Kevin, your numbers are actually better, by the way. Uh, as, a man who falls between, <laughs> as a man who falls between 6'4 and 6'7, you have a 1 in 8,000 chance, which is like the attendance at the first U.S. Beatles concert, in terms of like us all 6'4 to 75 people. Wait, everybody at the first Beatles concert was 6'4 to 6'5? No. Yes, they were all very tall. It's a big concert. <laughs> Um, Just one of them was an NBA yeah. star player. Can you guess which one it was? Yeah. <laughs> Who had that Ringo. It was Ringo. NBA uh, all right. So that's it. Get uh, So listen, if you want to be an NBA player, that's fine. But come up with another job you might want to do just in case. Yeah, play in Europe, too. That's even... Play in Europe. Just go somewhere right. else besides... Uh, Justin, I didn't mention it earlier, but I should have. I wanted to mention it at the beginning. You did an excellent, really, really wonderful redesign of the Udicast website over the last few weeks. And I really yes. appreciate it. It looks yes, great. It yes, it did. Gotta start producing some more content to get on this website now, I think. Yeah. I yes. think there's gonna be some stuff. Yeah, we've been uh, coming up with some more stuff. We have some content stuff we have ideas for. Yeah. It's straight to the point too, right? Like the whole point of it is to uh, get to the episodes, listen to past episodes, search around, find it in case you missed anything, learn a little bit about the show and then get in touch. Like it's really a basic thing. So like it's just one of those things if you haven't listened to all the episodes or you wanna catch up on them, they're all right there, easy to find. Like you'll be able to, to access them pretty quickly, so well, I appreciate the work you do for it. Sort of the underappreciated tech side that no one really gives as much credit to when they're listening to the show. So thank you again. I no appreciate problem. It. No problem. People just have to go visit it, and then they can even go. There's a media kit up there. They can start talking to you guys about some money. Yeah, you can donate me some <laughs> money as well too. Um, folks, uh, thank you once again for joining us. Uh, Heather will be back next week. Heather, sorry, uh, sorry, I made you stay home. I'm glad you didn't have to get sick again. Uh, thank you to Justin Parkinson. You can follow him or Maiden Utica on Twitter at Maiden Utica. You can you follow. are not thanking anybody. And when I'm sick at all now, which I will be maybe tomorrow. All right. So I'm glad Heather. What are you going to call into work? I'm glad Heather's just fine. I'm <laughs> yeah, going to get sick now. Yeah, call into work tomorrow. See what happens. I want to go eat some uh, shrimp and see what happens. <laughs> Kevin, uh, you can follow Kevin underscore Kevin Sullivan. You can follow me at SF Doom or just follow the show at Uticast.com. We are on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, SoundCloud, Twitter. Uh, we are now on Apple Podcast and Stitcher, so you can get us on iTunes, you can get us on Android devices, you can get us on MadeInUtica.com, of course. Check it out. Uh, and, of course, Udicast.com for all current and back episodes. Uh, Sayonara, humanoids. Keep it tight. Woodstock lives. And uh, that's it. Good talk. I'm going to go take another nap. You just don't got it when you're sick. No, I don't. It's true. I think Justin has worms.